Welcome to The Way Home with Laura Smith, the show that brings you wonderful guests, helpful advice, and uplifting stories. The Way Home. Live inspired. Here's your host, Laura Smith. For about 30 years now, uh, there have been two people that have inspired me greatly. They became spiritual mentors to me um, long ago when I read their first book, their very first book, The Love You Deserve. And subsequently, with their many other books, and we became dear friends throughout the years, and I traveled to San Diego and took many of their workshops and classes on living your your best life and your highest sense of life and a state of uh, your highest spiritual self. And Scott and Shannon Peck just became lifelong friends. Well, Shannon Peck, um, after many years of being a devout spiritual healer, um, found her way into becoming what she calls a soul regressionist. And this is someone who is has the ability of getting you in a place where you can start to recall uh, lives that have come before. And many people uh, find that when they do these types of sessions, all sorts of things about this current lifetime that they're in become very clear and are able to obstacles are able to be overcome and all sorts of uh, recognitions of, of who we are that happens during the sessions as well. So it's it's an amazing process. And Shannon has now written her fourth book on the work that she does. It is Earth Angels and Highly Evolved Souls. Shannon Peck has uh, compiled different sessions that she's had with their permission to um, really try to help have people understand how we evolve as souls and we live in the world as a soul. We think of ourselves as just humans with a body, but we really are a soul. Listen to the fascinating conversation coming up next with Shannon Peck. And it's all brought to you by Balance of Nature, fruits and vegetables in a capsule. They are a wonderful company in Utah, all American made, um, who gets you your 10 servings of fruits and vegetables a day in, in food form, but it's in capsules. It is the real food that is in capsules and it is life changing. I have been taking it for so many years now and my family has as well. We swear by it. You feel better. You take them. You actually feel energy and clarity of mind as you take them. And there's just so many wonderful benefits. If you order yours and uh, get on it, like I have, your your path to good nutrition with Balance of Nature, make sure you put my name in the promo code. It's Laura, L-A-U-R-A, and you're going to get 35% off your first order and free shipping always. When we come back, the wonderful Shannon Peck and her new book, Earth Angels, and Highly Evolved Souls. It's The Way Home. We'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to The Way Home with Laura Smith. Here's Laura. There's nothing like uh, being able to meet the most interesting, fascinating, gifted, talented people in the whole world. It just happens to be something I am so honored and blessed to be able to do. And ever since I've been in radio for 27 years this year, I, I have met the most astounding people. And the one that is coming on the show today is somebody that I met when I was at my very first radio station. Her husband had just written a book, um, which was called The Love You Deserve. And I was so taken with him and his voice and his knowledge and this beautiful book that he had written that we ended up talking on the phone and he subsequently said, you have to meet my wife. Her ha- name happens to be Shannon Peck. 
She um, spent many years as a spiritual metaphysical healer and teacher, and um, she has evolved in so many ways and written so many books with her husband, Scott Peck, that at this point, um, it just amazes me. She just seems to continue to grow in who she is as a human being and what she offers the world and people from all over the globe who actually seek her out for her highly regarded soul and past life regressions. And so without any more, I here is my dear friend, Shannon Peck, who uh, it delights me and, and always, always honors me by coming on the program. Thank you so much, Shannon. You, Laura, so beautiful to be with you again and your crew. It's just a real privilege. Thank you. Well, you write, you're writing books at such a pace that I thought you were on your third one since you started um, this new path of soul and past life regressions. But it's actually your fourth. It is. I, I mean, I, I must have missed one in the middle there um, between the last one, which I thought was just very recently. You are, I guess, when you have really tapped into something that your soul has been probably uh, ready to do for forever, for eternity, that once once it starts, it just. It's like a train. It just keeps moving. So I'm so grateful that you're going to share with us today about your brand new book, Earth Angels and Highly Evolved Souls. Boy, you pack a whole lot um, just even in the title there. And I know that um, people listening at the moment, they're used to me interviewing people that have really deep um ways of engaging with the world and also their role within it. You... I met you as when you were a spiritual teacher and a Christian science practitioner those 30 years ago, but you have evolved into this thing. I remember you telling me, Laura, I am doing something new with my life and I need to tell you all about it. And that was when you told me about your soul and past life regressions and even um, gave me uh, a wonderful session myself. So I got to experience it because I wanted to know what it was all about. So Shannon, now this was, I, I'm trying to remember when you first told me that you started this new path. How long has it been now that you've started working in this realm? 10 years. 10 years. Yeah. Oh my goodness. You That's incredible. Yeah. Doing it. I, I, it's like, I learned about soul regression in 1995. That's a million years ago. I never dreamed I would have one. Always wanted one. I didn't know anybody uh, that gave them a Newton Institute, and he had passed on. And then uh, many synchronicities later, uh, 10 years ago, I got a book written by Newton's uh, prime, um, the person that, taught people how to do this. And she was doing regressions and teaching people how to do it. So my husband and I went to Colorado and had this training, became certified. And my whole point was, Scott, let's let's do regressions with each other. Because I just, I was burning to know there's more to me. I know it. We're multidimensional beings, you know. We're way beyond our bodies and time and space and everything we're just seeing and touching and hearing. Uh, we are so vast as souls. And I started doing my first soul regression. I had my first soul regression uh, 10 years ago. And Scott and I have been doing this with each other ever since. I've had 72. Scott's had Oh, about- my goodness. <laughs> I'm crazy. Um, I can't get enough of it. I can't, I can't talk enough about it. I can't write enough about it because it is the most exciting thing 
the most life transforming thing that has ever happened to me or Scotty and changed our whole relationship, which is already a soulmate relationship, but deep, deep, deep understanding of each other is souls. I feel like I'm married to my soulmate. I understand him as a soul. He understands me as a soul and our souls talk to each other. We uh-huh. know, we know beyond we're in a whole different context. And so giving, I've done hundreds of soul regressions to others all around the world. And it's, you know, consistently life-changing, mind-blowing, paradigm-shifting to have this experience. And I feel it's the highest experience of me as a transforming healer that I've ever known. And I, I can't get enough of it. (laughs) <laughs> I, I would say with 72 sessions, you can't. And, um, but, but it must, there, it must be something extraordinary for you to keep wanting to experience this. And there must be new things happening with it all the time. Else you would find something else. So I want for the people who are hearing these words put together, soul regression, path life regression. I want people who are hearing this for the first time to get an idea, just the basics of what that is, and then go a little bit into the process of how you achieve it when you're doing it. And then your latest book, which is Earth Angels and Highly Evolved Souls, you bring together many of the people that you have performed the soul life regressions on, and they tell their stories about what happened. You tell their stories about what happened to them during these, because they were it was so transformative and so healing and these these particular we we call them people but you call them souls are so highly involved that they have so much to teach us so um for our basic people who are really trying to just wrap their head around that that word the soul regression uh please tell us what that is the um the soul regression is a process uh, i'm not a hypnotist but i do a relaxation technique that takes uh, the client back to their superconscious, uh, which is the active imagination. It's the acoustic records. It's where we know everything. We can recall everything. And um, Dr. Carl Jung uh, called it the superconscious, and he recognized that, and he taught about it. And so we go to that theta state, very slow brain wave that's very, very relaxed, and things open up, and we go back to a past life, The thing is that I love about this, it's not directed by me or the the client. It's directed by spirit, a spirit guide, a council of elders. We get to spirit world eventually and find out what's behind all this. And why did they send us to that particular past life 600 years ago or 400 or 300 or millions of years ago? Um, And how does it relate to our life today? And so often people who come for a past life regression tell me that they feel like they're in a life transition and they don't know what to do. And they just thought they'd do this and see a regression. Maybe it'd be helpful. Yep. Very helpful. Or they're curious or they're just really burning to know who are they and what are they doing here? Um, it answers all of life's deepest questions about who are we and what are we doing here and how are we doing in that path of our soul? Because we're infinite beings. We're infinite beings. So you're saying that these past lives that we've had. So this is this is based on the belief that we do reincarnate many times, multiple times um, into what is called the human experience. So are you saying that these past experiences 
affect who we are today or make us who we are today? The past experiences are are part of our journey as a soul, part of our journey of learning and growing and expanding as souls. That's that's what we do as souls. We are part of creation, and creation is always unfolding and expanding and growing. And so um, we actually, uh, there's so much, I don't want to be too mind-blowing. Let me get centered here. Um, Let me give you an example, if I could. Uh, there's, well, there's 18 regressions that are given in the book. Each chapter has a different regression, a story that, of course, they have given me permission and they want the readers to understand and know and share this experience. Um, there was a man, um, he, I named his regression, regression protector uh, and man of honor. And so Gary went back to, I think it was 300 years ago, and he was, it was the, he saw himself leaving the village. The village is always already empty of men. I think it was in France or Holland, somewhere around there. And he saw his wife crossing the street and his, he just held his heart like, oh. And then he saw himself the night before the battle. And he was, uh, they already knew that they were wildly outnumbered by the, the enemy coming the next morning at dawn. And so the next morning he died along with, several hundred other of his village men. And um, and it was curious because he had told me during the interview section, I didn't know him very well, um, that he was a man uh, who has, even as a child, he went to military school. And his uh, dad and other members were military. And he had a, a view of being in the military as something very honorable. And, and of course it is. But I mean, he carried this very high in his heart. Um, and he felt like a protector to the family and to the country and very patriotic guy. And so when we got to spirit world and we met his guide, we asked the guide for what reason was, were, was Gary shown this past life where he left his wife, uh, and had a heartbreak about it, but he had to. And he also felt compelled to go with the other men and be part of this important thing of, uh, sacrifice. Um, and a whole thing unfolded about his present life today and how that related hundreds of years later to today. Because in this present life, uh, he graduated with honors from military school. He went in, he was a good dad. He was everything. He went to Vietnam. Uh, he was the best gunner. His commander said it was the best gunner he's ever had. And, um, he had had many, many missions in Vietnam and very successful. And he was kind of proud, you know, being a soldier and fighting for his country and all of that. Um, but one day he called home and his wife had just delivered their baby and he could hear the baby crying in the background and he felt called. It was like a wake up, like I need to go home. He went right to his commander and he said, I've been very shaky these last few uh, rounds in, in the jungle and, and I have a bad feeling. Is there anything you can do to help me? And the gunner and the commander said, you know, I'm going to help you. I'm going to take you off being gunner because this happened to somebody else that was my best gunner. And right after he said that, he died. And so I'm going to listen to you, Gary. And so Gary got out and uh, was able to come home. So he, what he put together is the woman he saw crossing the street or the little village, dirt road, uh, hundreds of years ago, is his wife today, who happens to be his soulmate. They've had many, many past lives together, and they're very deep. Um, and 
she has carried anger and resentment and sorrow from that loss from hundreds of years ago into this life. And he hadn't recognized why she was so upset with him in this life ever. They've never, they didn't know. Why is she so angry with him? She gives him such a hard time. You know, she bullies him and stuff. And they love each other deeply, but they couldn't get past this. And he realized, oh my gosh, I did it again. I came into this life and I left her again. And she's there alone having my baby. And I'm not even there because I'm a soldier and I'm going to protect. And I'm a man of honor. He is divided. And he realized in this regression, oh my gosh, I have romanticized. I have glamorized soldier being in the military. And many wars are fought for not the great reasons of protecting the country. They're fought for financial gain, economic, territorial, what other things. And people's lives are just soldiers. They're just dying all over the place because some people in the desk have decided that that's going to take place. So he's writing a book today about this. And he said that it was 300 years ago. And when he left, he said, and he cried a lot. He cried a lot. A, a release of, oh, it was just such a release to, to know and understand his relationship and what had happened and his part in it. He said, when I get home, I'm going to buy 300 red roses, long stem for my wife, and I'm going to give her to it, give them to her with the biggest apology of my heart. It was the sweetest thing on earth. So mm-hmm. that's one of the kinds of things that happens and the reason for a past life and how it relates to our life today and how it's guided by our spirit guides. And sometimes we ourselves are our own spirit guide, but it's our higher self. It's fascinating. It, oh, it is fascinating. And I learned from your books and from working with you that, um, it, that, you know, the lifetimes are different and sometimes you may be females. Other times you may be male. You might have you might have certain children in one lifetime and in the next lifetime, they're your parent. And and so we often um, if you one believes that we come back over and over again, um, people often tend to group together. Uh, Do you call them soul groups or something where, where you sort of kind of mix and mingle with a lot of the same souls? Um, for many different incarnations. Is that something you've noticed? Very much. And quite often people will visit their soul pod. Uh, we call it soul pod, soul family. Those who you have been working with in spirit world for eons on very similar things that connect you, uh, your interest. And so you incarnate together to continue to learn and take different roles and uh, play those roles out and help each other too. Sometimes we're the worst enemy. Um, our other person's for worst enemy, but um, yeah, that those connections are very deep. Um, and so one t- once, once you so-called like this gentleman, he 300 years later, he feels like he's learning the lesson. Yeah. And so does that then, would you say that he's probably not destined to repeat it again because he, he woke up. That's the beauty. He, he's been probably doing that for 300 years in whatever incarnations he's had. He's probably always been the soldier. This has been his thing, but he woke up and it was a very important wake up for his soul so that he could uh, have a transformation and get the lesson of wisdom and stop romanticizing and glamorizing. And has, is his relationship 
with his wife different now since he had this session with you and the epiphany? I don't know. I, certainly he's different in the relationship. I don't know them, so I can't say. But I, I'm sure if one person shifts, it shifts the other two. But, you know, hopefully for the very best. I, I was reading that you, you do get people from literally all over the planet. Who seek you out, people who don't know you, but they have, they have a, a, a strong interest in the topic and, and of getting a regression themselves. And they, they tend to look around and many people have written books on it and many people do it. But the ones that have found you have felt a connection and they felt like you were the one that was going to guide them. And I find it amazing too, because I had always been interested in it. And when you told me you were doing this, I was so floored by it i would it just wasn't the thing that i was expecting at all and and yet it's now it's been 10 years already and you've performed how many regressions do you think you've performed shannon peck hundreds 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 yeah yeah i have no idea i've never counted them but and so you can do this obviously remotely so someone might be in new zealand and you're you're here and you can do it how do you do it over zoom or telephone this morning uh, from UK, and I'm doing someone this weekend from uh, Canada and, you know, New Zealand, Australia, wherever they are, Europe, all parts of Europe um, and everywhere, really. So they were requ- so yeah. uh, that there is a destiny about it. And um, I, I am so convinced that and I'm in this awareness. I don't advertise. Um, I have a website um, and people find me and I always ask, uh, how did you find me from, you know, Hungary or whatever? And I hear, you know, generally it's the Internet. And when I saw you, I knew that I, you're you're the one I wanted to, you know, uh, to do it. I think they picked up my energy. They followed their intuition. Your intuition has to be mighty strong to find someone and trust that this is the one. And mm-hmm. so there is a divine attraction factor in it, and there is a destiny in it. I feel very connected to everyone that calls me and that we do this. This is intimate work, and and it's intimate spiritual work. And this is my favorite place to be. This is mm-hmm. my uh, my wheelhouse. <laughs> well, when I when you gave me the session at your house, I mean, there is a process that takes place whereby you do you feel vulnerable because. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but but I think that's why so many are attracted to you um and find you is because you, there's some there's something so deeply loving and nurturing about you and and safe about you that people that's what people are looking for because you are really opening yourself up to all of this, you know, these ancient, you know, things that are maybe affecting your life even today. So you have to feel a sense of comfort, I think, with the person that you choose to do it with. Now, for somebody who's just logistically doing it on Zoom, and are they, are they lying down on the bed and you're talking to them and they're just talking back and forth into the computer? Yes. Couch or bed, wherever they can lie down, be comfortable and relax because I use a relaxation technique. So it's important to be prone and, you know, have your neck and all the limbs just relax and just flow into it. And it's very helpful in a a darkened room, you know, turn off the lights or lower the shades or whatever. And then uh, we just go at it and we have this relaxation technique. Um, It's, I love it when they're in their space and I'm in my space. 
more so than when they're in my space with me. A lot of people would rather do it in person, which is fine. But when they're in their space, they, they've got their blanket there. They've got their glad. They know where everything is. They're really, really comfortable. There's nothing to adjust to a different space or something. Mm-hmm. Really important. Yes. Emotionally and physically. Well, since you've done hundreds of these, obviously, I'm sure you have more than, a, you know, a hundred favorite ones or situations. But um, if you wouldn't mind, we'll take a, a short break. We'll come back and I would love to hear some of maybe um, instances and you don't have to use their names, obviously, but where the situation was so interesting and so profound that there was big healing that came from it. I would love to hear just a couple more examples of it because I think people, um, for them to really become acquainted with what this is, soul regression, past life regression, is to really hear from real people some of the the wonderful effects that happen from having a session with you. My guest is Shannon Peck. She has many, many books, both with her husband and on her own. Her latest is Earth Angels, Highly Evolved Souls. It's a series number four of a series of when she started this work of past life regressions and soul regressions. And it's chock full of very deep things. Um, some of the people that have read the books have said they've had healing just by reading the stories of other people and uh, the way Shannon expresses herself, I know from uh, my own personal life, knowing her for 30 years, just hearing Shannon's voice and looking into her beautiful blue eyes, she has, there is something so incredibly deep and profoundly healing uh, just about her energy and her loving heart that it, it's something so unique you might be interested in finding out yourself. Her website is shannonpeck.com. Shannonpeck.com. We'll be right back. With more, don't go away. It's The Way Home. Welcome back. You're listening to The Way Home with Laura Smith. Here's Laura. My wonderful guest is Shannon Peck. She is a past life and soul regressionist or soul regressionist, past life regressionist. I sort of, it's it's both. It's all of it encompassed into one. And she is now into 10 years of providing the most deep, incredibly healing experiences for people who want to kind of understand their past lives and how it might be affecting their current daily life and what that might do to help them live and expand a more beautiful and uh, healing life. So, Shannon, I asked you before the break if you would give us a couple of examples of some of your favorite um, regressions. I know they probably all are kind of like your kids or or something, you know, you love them all in, in their own ways. But um, if you could pick uh, one or two examples of things that have you you really, truly feel that this these were life changing. I'd love to. Thank you. One of the, uh, a beautiful transformation that occurred in a very simple way was a woman who came. She's in the book, Julia. She went from deep depression to unbelievable joy in two hours, two and a half hours in this regression. And it was so beautiful. I didn't, I didn't know her. I, most of the people I've never met. And as I got to know her, um, it, first of all, she said during their interview that she felt like she was in jail and she created the jail and she couldn't get out. And it was her life was the jail. And so deeply depressed. And um, I, I would learn later why. 
It was her self-esteem. She just, somebody beat her up really bad growing up with criticism and all the rest. And, and, and she agreed with all it, of course. She didn't know. But Julia discovered in her regression, and she didn't expect much. She just had hope. She discovered when she went to the angelic realm that she's an earth angel. And from that moment, she was the most incredible. Her energy shifted to joy and happiness. And she had her eyes closed, but she was grinning from ear to ear for the rest of the regression as she was telling me what it was like being in uh, among the angels and being in, in the angelic realm. And so when she walked out and, and I said, golly, you've just changed so dramatically. You know, you're like a new person. She said, yeah, I found out who I am and who I'm not. So that was a gigantic transformation and, yes. and you know, in every way. Uh, one of the wildest regressions and one of my favorites, but I, they're all my favorites, like you said, but um, is, is an astrologer, Laura, you got to call her. She is the deepest, most spiritual oh, astrologer I've ever known in my life. She's given me some huge astrological readings of telling me when my, my spiritual activations are going to take place. And boom, they were right on uh, telling me many things. Her, I couldn't wait to give her regression, and it's, it opened up where she was a little girl at the edge of the sea talking to a dolphin, and they had been in the sea, and he taught her how to swim. It's like, I'm thinking, where in the world are we? What time frame is this? How will I? She kept talking. A group of people came with robes on. They pointed to her, and they said, she's the one. She's a star person. Come with us. This little six-year-old, I didn't know who her parents, I didn't even enter, you know, I didn't intervene. I just wanted to hear everything. And she went to a mystery school. I don't know where it was. I don't know if it was on this planet. She is from Pleiades, but she's intergalactic. She's interplanetary. She is among the stars. She is such a star person. And um, what she did at this mystery school, which she wound up teaching and living there for life, is that she worked on planets' energies, including Earth, and Earth's energies for all ages, She's here now, incarnated in her own energy that she planted here. And and for many planets that she was assigned and in charge of to improve the energy, to support the energy. It's, it's big angelic work, but it's also big interplanetary work. And she dealt with energies. And I said, well, like, what kind of energies, did, uh, how, how does that work? And she said, well, you know, you heard of ley lines. I laid a lot of those. And she said, you heard of Lord's France. And that's a big, you know, vortex. And she said, most of all the vortexes I, I did a lot of work on. And does that blow your mind or what? And then what her aha was at the end of the regression, when she went to spirit world, and I wonder what in the world she learning. She already knows all this. And she's, and she had this revelation, this amazing experience of oneness. She became completely connected with all galaxies and all planets and earth and all the energies. And she felt the power of oneness. It was mind blowing. And, and, she, and you were watching her as she is going through this and explaining it to you. Yeah. You know, I don't really watch my clients. I'm writing, I'm recording it and I'm writing. I'm taking notes because I want to refer to the notes later and get back to it. what do you think about this? what what do you think about that? You know, what do you just to be able to have those discussions in the in the, the place of integration with them? But her mind was so blown. She says, I don't know if I can integrate this. And 
you know, based on the astrological reading she's given me, which are mind blowing, I said, this sounds just about right that you would understand the planets in this way and how they're affecting us today and our destiny points and our timing uh, planetary wise. Uh, it sounds perfect. It, it sounds so completely uh, realistic to me. Mm-hmm. And uh, she, she began to integrate it, but that was a, that's a tough one to integrate uh, because I think she's so modest. Uh, like, well, who am I to think I was that and this and stuff. And we do have to, Relax our modesty, uh, let go of the false modesty, because, hey, we are souls, for heaven's sake. We are divine beings. We are infinite and eternal. We are powerful and beautiful and glorious. And we deserve all the love in the world and all the good and all the blessings. And we have those experiences. It's mind blowing. And yet we're pretty much confined to 3D here. But as we stretch our imagination, allow ourselves to get more into the senses uh, and open up to of those portals of imagination, active imagination, the deeper realm, um, we start expanding and growing into the soul that we truly are. And that's what I love. It's so clear that, you know, I think what you do, you're able to see within people and, and elicit from them some their their greatness you know and and like you said so many times in this world in this life we get miseducated into who we are which is so infinitesimally smaller than what we truly are at the core of who we are and to be able to have a moment in time where you can focus on yourself as as more of light as more of soul as more of a star as more of this sense of being so much grander and so much more filled with love and goodness and, you know, for the universe, it, it's, it's, that's why we need more, I think, ideas and people like you who are willing, because it's probably hard in the beginning. Was it hard to tell all your friends and all your neighbors that you were, you were going to be a soul regressionist or, or were you just so ready for the work? I was ready for the work. But I didn't tell anybody. I just kind of, you know, if, if it came up or whatever, I, I had a lot of spiritual clients and I, you know, they found out and stuff. This is not something you shout from the rooftops because it, this is pretty wild stuff. But, you know, when you talk about it, Laura, you and I are doing very similar work because you you love to bring out people's greatness because you see it and you know it's there. And you keep talking and it's and it, holding that space open and letting it expand until, boom, it pops up. It's kind of we're doing the very similar work. It's it's helping the identity to come forward and understand that we're so much more than we think. We're so much greater. We have such great gifts within waiting to be explored. We're beautiful beings. That's right. We are. We're so much more than we give ourselves credit for. And, you know, this grand creator uh, who made us had lots of bigger ideas for us than I think we've had for ourselves. But Shannon Peck, how can people get in touch with you if they're hearing this and they would like to have a session with you wherever they're listening in the world right now with you, how can they find you? Just uh, email me, shannonpeck at gmail.com or go to my website. There's links for contact. It's easy. Yeah, shannonpeck at gmail.com is her email address and her website is shannonpeck.com, shannonpeck.com. I thank you for the work you're doing because I think you're you're really, truly you know, 
you are you are gracing the planet with your gifts. And I thank you for always seeing me that way. Since the moment I met you 27 years ago, you have always seen the best in me. And as a result of that, I become better. And I thank you. I love you very much. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's been a joy. Aww. You're listening to The Way Home with Laura Smith. Once again, here's Laura. Well, do you wonder often when you're looking around, whether you're out and about, it could be in a supermarket or you could be at a restaurant or even at a friend's house and you see the kids engaging with, uh, you know, small iPads at a very, very young age. And you're wondering to yourself, is this a good thing or is this like, you know, a problem for the, our future and and for the development of these little young brains? Well, I think about all of it because even though my daughter's big and grown now, I remember back to the days when she would, you know, watch from her little high chair, the Sesame Street and different programs, uh, Mr. Rogers and things that had such beautiful, uh, a beautiful impact on her life at a very young age. And I know that with all the things that people need to worry about with media and 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 the time spent on 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 media and devices these days especially with children there is so much good to be had i have somebody who really is in the know about all of this sarah dewitt she's the senior vice president and general manager of pbs kids thank you so much sarah for being here today thank you laura so my goodness where do we even start in this world that is so different even from when I raised my daughter 30 years ago it 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 doesn't even look the same to me but you're in the know of what's going on with all of this is it a good thing let me just ask with a simple question is it a good thing that kids at a very young age are on devices and consuming media what do you say to that Well it it really depends on the content <laughs> that's how I'll answer that um I think there is there is so much uh, that media can do in a positive way uh, to help support children's learning. But it's really about making sure you find the content that is the right fit for your kid and the things that are really going to be positive in their lives. So you mentioned Sesame Street and Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. I mean, those are two gold standard um, examples. And those are things that really kind of started um, the research that showed that media could have a positive impact on kids and could really help them learn. And so today, there's so many different ways that kids are engaging with content across so many different kinds of devices. And a lot of really great things are out there. Um, but it's important to think about setting up good media habits for kids, because certainly it's not good for kids to be constantly staring at screens. They really, from an early age, um, families really need to work on how media becomes just one of many activities. So really thinking about how it can play the most positive role in a child's life um, by being something that is part of their routine, by being something that is thoughtfully chosen. So it can be something that they can learn from or get excited about and to really think about how what they're learning on that screen can um, carry into the real world, how it might that get them excited to learn more away from the screen. I, I often wonder because I, I have friends, you know, and they have like a, a three year old and, and she's on the little iPad a lot. And I'm wondering, she seems to have favorite programs. Are these are a lot of the shows geared towards education like Sesame Street? Had, there was a lot of learning involved, whether it was the alphabet or um, you know, counting and then 
different concepts and things like that. It would, it was really good at teaching those things. Are, are those same types of programs available to kids today? Um, yes, and more. <laughs> so there's so much available and it is, it's tough to find, uh, the shows that are going to be the best fit because there just is so much out there. But certainly, you know, at PBS Kids, we, everything we do, um, is focused on specific educational goals and we work with child development experts to make sure that these are the things that kids need to be learning to be prepared for school and to help them keep their skills sharp over the summertime. So I think about, um, Daniel Tiger's neighborhood one of our shows that's built on Mr. Rogers um, curriculum that really is helping kids think about emotions, recognizing what they are and how to talk about them. Um, uh-huh. so helps kids get ready for school. What, what is it going to be like to be working with all these other kids during the day and talking to your teacher and how do parents set up good routines at home? So Daniel Tiger is one of those. Um, but we go beyond just those, those social skills to also math and literacy. Um, one of our newest shows is about problem solving and, and critical thinking skills called work it out wombats where the kids, the, they're wombats in the show, but they're young kids and they have to think about the problems in front of them and figure out how to solve it and how to mm. break down that problem into smaller pieces. So sometimes it might be something they need to build. Sometimes it might be something that they need to figure out why it isn't working. Um, but being able to take a step back and think through the steps is a really important skill for kids to learn and can model those kinds of things through media. That's great news. That gives me a lot of hope. But I love that you did emphasize that that screen time and what you're watching has to be just one of many different types of activities. So is there any type of research that shows what would be like the ideal amount of time to spend with a device? Um, if, as long as you're consuming, your child is consuming, you know, positive content like you're talking about, is it like, a tenth of the day? Is it an hour a day? Is it 20 minutes? Is there anything that's sort of across the board, kind of a general thought on that? Well, we know like from the American Academy of Pediatrics, um, they they have some specific recommendations for different ages um, and trying to keep screen time really contained. I think what's really important to think about is how every kid is different too, and that you need to sometimes there isn't an answer that's going to be one size fits all. So I'll just give you an example. My two kids, um, my older one really would watch all day um, if we weren't paying attention. And it's because he's one of those kids who gets really focused in and just wants to keep watching more or keep playing that game longer and longer. And so we have to be really specific with him. We actually like you know, remind him he's got to set a timer before he starts to play so that he has something that's going to kind of jolt him out of it and remind him that it's time to put it away and go move on to another activity. My younger child, though, is the opposite. Um, I will say, okay, you have 30 minutes to watch a show. And after 20 minutes, he is so ready to be up and moving that he is kicking a soccer ball around in front of the TV. <laughs> so, um, so you really like if you think about how your kid engages with media, that also is a great way to start thinking about how is the best, what's the best way for me to regulate it for this kid? Because you're going to know how your kids are different. 
Right. And and it you've also um in some of the research I think you found that how you communicate with your kids regarding what they're watching. So it's not just that they're watching something and then kind of in a vacuum by themselves somewhere, but afterwards maybe being able to discuss it with with your mom or your dad or somebody you love and and you know maybe discuss what it was within there, you know, that piqued their interest or something. I I think that's an interesting aspect too, because I think sometimes it, it does get very tempting. I, I remember my, my daughter wanting to watch The Wizard of Oz and the time I felt like the worst mother on the planet was she cried so hard that when it finished after three hours, I let her watch it a second time. And after <laughs> that, I said, I can never do that again. But I, you know, I think, you know, later we would also talk about, you know, what is it in the movie? What did you like? She would talk about the characters and things like that. But um, I'm really outing myself. I really only did that once. But um, <laughs> but I, I I think that you have a lot of good examples and and different things for people to know. What is a good website, Sarah, for for people to go to to find out a more about PBS Kids so they can see the wonderful choices that are available there in case they're wondering. Uh, PBSKids.org is the place to go where you can find all of this. Um, and I just want to say that I'm so glad you brought up talking to kids about media because that really helps reinforce what kids learn. But also you were setting up a great habit that media is something we talk about and that we share. So that, that's, that's awesome. Um, so yes, pbskids.org, also the free PBS Kids video app and free PBS Kids games app. Uh, but if you're looking for regular kind of tips and ideas um, for how you can integrate media into your kids' learning and finding shows that might make the most sense for them, um, follow PBS Kids on social media, on Instagram or Facebook. We're regularly posting ideas and tips and um, and new content that may be exciting for your kids. That's a wonderful thing for people to know about with young kids, especially now that it's summer. A lot of people with different schedules and such. PBSKids.org. So you can um, start, you know, discovering all, all that's available in case you're just wondering, you know, or you're just so tempted to leave it on the, mo- the easiest first thing there. Reach for something that is tried and true that really um, is all about the kids. PBSKids.org. Sarah DeWitt, thank you so much for being with us today. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Laura. You're listening to The Way Home. We'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to The Way Home with Laura Smith. Here's Laura. Well, it wouldn't be The Way Home without Jim Cleefield, the man I call the guru of good news. He goes out and he finds happy good news stories that are inspirational and I know you have one for us today, Jim. What did you find? LJ and Bob, I'm sure it's at some point in our lives we had a keepsake that maybe we misplaced or lost. And somebody, by the grace of God, a friend or a family member found it and said, oh, thank God, I got it back, right? Well, the story begins in Corpus Christi, Texas, at a beach called McGee Beach. And there was a teen girl by the name of Emily Dickerson. She and a group of friends and some students from a school in Iowa came all the way there. They are part of a school choir to perform a show where they just finished at a Texas Six Flags, and they were having the best time out there, one of those fun and sun days on a Friday afternoon. Well, let me explain here. In Emily's case, she has four rings on her left finger that she wears every single day, but there's one that's most important to her. This is the keepsake. The one has her dad's ashes because he died when she was eight, and she has kept it with her 
ever since. Well, she went into the water one day, and before she did, she took each of the rings off the finger and put it inside a green subway box just to make sure she doesn't lose it in the water, right? Well, she's enjoying herself, and then she comes out of the water three hours later. She looks at her bare hand, and nothing's there. And she wonders what happened to it. Where could I possibly put it? Well, fast forward, they were on the bus heading to San Antonio when it all of a sudden hit her. I lost it. I couldn't find it. The rings are not here. What to do? She's panicking. She's a hot mess. She's calling her mom, Tina Coke. What to do? What do we do? She's in a panic. Well, Tina decided to call the Parks and Rec Department to see if they could find it. Unfortunately, being a Friday afternoon, sorry to say that they just ended up getting a voicemail and nobody picked up the phone. We'll now go to Monday morning, and somebody finally did answer the phone in the person of Laura Perez. She is a park supervisor in te- in, uh, in te- Texas, where she is at the beach, and she got the message with a voicemail to try to find this. So she and a couple of other people from the Parks Department, tre- intrepid as they were, went right to a place called Cooper's Alley. There was some dumpsters that are still there where they usually pick up the trash on a monday morning between the time of 8 and 8 30 thankfully it was not picked up good thing because what they did they dived right into the dumpsters and took about three hours or so of searching high and low and sure enough as the sun rising in the east and setting in the west it happened the rings appeared with one with the cremation uh, ring and the subway box was all there and they called emily and her mom tina and tina was just absolutely floored when she got the great news you know why she said it's amazing. How can a stranger go and do this? Well, let me tell you something. I mean, it was it was really worth the effort. And now they're eventually going to turn all of the, the belongings to her. They're very happy. And I guess Tina really put it best when she said, Emily has a guardian angel out there today. Well, that person is Ms. Perez for doing what she did. And uh, she's just very grateful because that ring you know, represents her dad and she always wants to remember it. So thank goodness she came through. And I was going to say, I, I bet her dad is her guardian angel as well, mm-hmm. and maybe helped in facilitating that from above. What an amazing story. It just brings goosebumps. Thank you so much. And I'm, you know, I mean, what are the, what are the like, what is the likelihood of somebody being able to get back that ring? Well, I, it's a big likelihood when you've got spirit working with you and people who, who love you and good people on the earth. So grateful for all that, Jim. Thank you so much. Bob Small, my producer with the mostest. Thank you once again for bringing the way home to all of our listeners. We'll see you next time and lots of love. Have a wonderful, wonderful week. I'm Laura Smith.